and I'll get. Just there. fix your mic first. Don't talk because when your hands are on no, the no, mic, I gotta finish it. I get it. I'm on a roll. I'll but when you're it, talking to your mic, we'd be over we'll, with it if you wouldn't talk to me. Hi, everybody. Welcome back to this week's episode of the Coaches Meeting. Today is June 16th, and Kevin is AWOL. His wife and the dog are out of town. He misses them dearly. He's learning to cope, but apparently he can't make tonight's episode. Either could be at a grad school class, or he might be at home covered in a uh, barbecue sauce and chicken wings. Hard to tell. Anyways, we talk about playing 36 holes in golf. What are the keys to it? What do we learn? Golf's back. Uh, Bryson DeChambeau, what's he taking? Baseball's doomed. They can't figure it out. When's the season going to happen? What's it look like for pro basketball to come back? Sports in general, are there athletes missing out on these years? And what's that like for their incomes over their lifetime? Uh, Parenting Corner, when do you start introducing sports equipment to your kids? And how important is hand-eye coordination in raising a child? All right. Thanks for listening. Remember... After this episode, wherever you are, that day, that night, when the sun is setting, get yourself in a nice spot. Take a picture. Post it to Facebook, to Instagram, to Twitter. Hashtag Sunset Jim. Hashtag Jimmy Sunsets. Let's start the movement, people. Thanks for joining. Here we go. Margarita Monday, isn't it? And it's a beautiful day, 75 degrees in Toledo, Ohio, sunny, sunsets going down. I already took a picture early because I didn't want to miss it. Are you doing your death recipe of four parts tequila, two parts lime juice, one part triple sec? God, I trained you well. Well, I just pulled out of the freezer, but yeah, I did that about a month ago. Oh, God. Well, I'm what? doing, on my end, I'm doing a, a Paloma over here which so i'm getting some tequila going with four parts tequila or no that's not right god no it's just (laughs) uh, gonna be a good show tonight no just two (laughs) shots of tequila and then uh four parts of grapefruit soda splash of lime juice it's like a salty dog with tequila instead of vodka it could be that's good that looked like water that's light so we're enjoying those here. We're getting our Mondays set off right. And, well, since we last got together. Oh, by the way, you may know, Kevin's not here. Uh, you know, you guys can all let him hear from that. He's got this. Kevin's babysitter wouldn't let him out, would he? I mean, he's at home for the week. His wife's out of town visiting family. And she took the dog. So he's living the bachelor life this week, and he can't make it. So We should send, you know, a drone over there and see. I think Kevin, you know, we miss you tonight, Kevin. Um, Kevin should go home and see his mother. Well, you know, he's pro- it's, he might be stopping in for the, the, you know, the home cooking. Who knows? But, mm-hmm. you know, after living with Kevin for two different years, uh, bachelor Kevin's meals often consist of getting a whole box of pasta, a whole – large jar of alfredo sauce i think it's like two pounds of chicken breast and a five pack of brats and he would cook them all together in one 
one batch, and then he wait, wait, the five gallon thing, a brat, a five, five individual brats, like the Johnsonville. Oh, you get that package. So Kevin, that kid can put down more meat and pasta than I've ever seen. He's the poster boy for articular sclerosis. Sorry, I couldn't. Oh, that's that's a lot to handle there. Oh my god, that means the arteries are just clogging up. So I thin them out with some alcohol, though. You know, well that. Helps. That's why we're here. So, right. right well, Kevin's Kevin's out. We're missing him. Um, we should sign that. Tim up. Yeah, tell Kevin we're auditioning a couple other people for his role. You know, this, he's this, he he's like Shump of the Three Stooges. We can you use him or not use him. It doesn't matter. You gotta funny. have Larry and Mo, but you don't have to have Shump. Well, so so what does that make you? Oh well, I think I'm Mo. I'm more violent. Not as much Curly? No, no. Curly was the substitute for Shemp. Remember, oh. it was Mo and Larry. What, Shemp just didn't have it? Shemp didn't have a lot of hair, a lot of greasy hair. You know, all those guys were about five foot six. All right. Well, all right. So since we last got together, how the hell are you? What you been doing? Um, I had a Titanic battle. With Uncle Terry last night, we started. We played 18 holes of golf starting well, were 445. You in that battle, were you the Titanic or were you the ocean or the iceberg? I was the choker. <laughs> so we both shoot 99. He wins one up. I owe him five bucks. This is what hackers do on a sunny night chasing the sun. Well, all right. So well, there's I, a great book by that name, by the way, Chasing the Sun. Do people dying of cancer? Playing it every night. Oh. It's a good book. It's a good book. Put it on the reading list. Price Waterhouse um, Partner was uh, one of the main uh, antagonists. Yeah. So protagonist. Protagonist. So more golf talk. I played my first 36 holes on Friday, which takeaways were: don't drink until after you finish your first nine holes. Which don't overdrink. Yeah, some say don't drink too much on the first 18, which it was fine. I Someone gave me that tip. I managed, but also had to stay hydrated. Uh, One Gatorade for every drink. I don't know if we did that. Sunscreen was applied at every nine holes. Doing all right there. But Do you have a hat the, on? Do you have a hat on? Yeah, we used the first 18 to warm up. I mean, well, one, also, with carts, I didn't think it was that bad. Like, we got both rounds in in three and a half. Had 45 minutes where we kind of relaxed, ate lunch. Some people rolled putts. But Friday, Friday's usually a slow day at country clubs. Yeah. Well, this, this was busy here. I think a lot of people took off to do it. Anyways, it kind of flew by. The, the, the second 18, when you put two together, the first 18 feels like a normal 18. The second 18 felt like we were flying. But we put $5 bets on the back, the second 18. Just a two-man two matches. And the thing was, we should have, on paper, and there was adjusted for handicaps. Everybody's handicaps are accurate. But I have this losing streak in golf matches where if there's $5, $2 on the line, like, I'm wondering what's wrong with my competitive spirit because I always lose. Always. And I think it's like I have this – I'm programmed a certain way that I'm sure there's some personality test out there. I'm starting to think 
it's like I'd rather lose and have my see my friends win than myself win, even though it's a five dollar game. It's like wait, do, do winners buy drinks? No, winners we split out. Now see, winners buy drinks their place. So the best thing to do is lose one down. Mm. If you're looking at it monetarily, I'm going to help you. I'm going to help you here. You help me win more. So here, you're going to be a much better golfer when the baby's born. Because you're not going to give a shit about golf. You're going to be concerned about your family. And and so if there's some other focus in your life, for like me, I still remember. All right, here's a good one. You, you're you're going to you maybe get a little upset with me. But never mind. So Jimmy Geis, your uncle and I, are playing golf against Bob Geis and Tommy Geis. So we get over a putt on 12. And Bob says, oh, you're getting nervous. You're getting nervous. And Jimmy looks at Bob and says, Bob. We have two incurable diseases. Do you think a five-foot putt bothers us? <laughs> and sure enough, we missed it. But I don't know if we missed or made it. But so anyway, the point is, you play golf. You get just get away from everything. I don't want. I'm. I've never. Well, I've. I've considered myself competitive. No. But like I'm competitive to a point, and this is where I think like. As an adult, and even in college, I always wanted to, like, I was never the person who's competitive over everything. And I've had friends, worked with people who, you know, Some, played. Some people you like, like to entertain more than you like to compete. I know. And I'm like, when did that, I think I'm stuck with that. So if anybody wants to take <laughs> a golf match for $5 and win some, you can call me. Um, anyways, I just, like, wish I would win more. But I'm not like – I mean, it's a small little bet, but Here's I'd rather be a winner. Down, go down to the three or four blocks of your, your club, go hit pound balls on the range for half hour and come home. There you go. go this weekend, putt, like this weekend I'll see if I can win any matches because uh, one friend, and I think Kevin's going to be in attendance, we're having our bachelor party that I think Cousin Tim's going to come to. i got to uh, see if I can call him. I'll try to call him in at the end of the show, see if he can make it. We talked about it, and I think he's going to come down and play and stay stay uh, somewhere else in Cincy. So when's this? Saturday. Are you it's, socially distancing? Yeah, it's golf. You got to be in the incubation period here for the next four weeks. No, that's not. You don't. We don't have the same doctor, Dad. No, but do, do you still you still live smart? We do. I do. Um, all right. So on golf talk. First golf tournament was back. Thought that was pretty awesome. What'd you think? Um, I think it was really, really good golf for some of the best golfers in the world. Fifteen and top twenty. But there was a little bit of cratering at the end there. The lip outs busted a ball out of bounds. Uh oh my god, what's his name? DeChambeau? He looks like a freaking NFL fullback now. Oh yeah, that's and one of the things I was gonna NFL say. Football. One of the things I was gonna say is he looks like an absolute just unit, and he is. I mean, he's swinging like any idiot that we would know that swings as hard as they can out of their shoes. But and straight. He, but he hits it consistently. It hits the hell out of down the middle. He, I mean, he, he was piping drive three fifty. He had ten of the top fifty drives. He averaged three forty off the tee. Yeah, and so uh, did you see 
I was reading an article today. Colin Montgomery's come out and, and said a new ball after this weekend. You know, he he wants to advocate a tour ball that's like because it you know reduces the driving distance. Which I'm like, I, why don't we go to gutta percha, a stuff with feathers ball? I wish we just had a button that there was when people that are just like so out of touch and outdated like come up with these ideas because like as soon as that idea comes up and you just go shitty idea (laughs) no you know there is there are um, some tournaments like a tour for hickory shaft clubs you gotta play with hickory shaft clubs and a certain golf ball and you know i bet you bobby jones on a good day the best drive you ever hit was 250 yards yeah, and the courses are different, and they've expanded. I go, the game will adjust. That's just what happens. People evolve. There's better players. Each, you know, theoretically, Le- you know, we want to go back to this debate. LeBron should be better than Michael Jordan. In yeah. theory, of the next generation should keep getting better at the game. So that's just an example. I granted, Bryson DeChambeau to Colin Montgomery is could not be further than anything like that. Have but, you seen? Have you seen? The pictures of Michael Jordan, if we go back to the uh, the last dance, he didn't lift the weights LeBron did. He, no, was he, didn't, he didn't really lift until, like, the early 90s, I think. I mean, he was strong. He was... Uh, well, when LeBron was, like, two, 280 at one point. Jesus, he, the, he's a freaking tank. And LeBron made himself a good three-point shooter. Yeah. Well, you have to for longevity. But to that point, it's just people who are so... You know, I, I don't know if you're like a sports purist, the baseball purist, you have all these, all these are what the pure sports people baseball are. Baseball's going to be cricket in a, in a little bit if those guys can't figure out a contract. I mean, it's stupid. They'll be a hobby. I just don't get it. Like, billionaires and millionaires arguing. Right. Well, here's the thing. It's like, this is the scenario of who's going to win, the employee or the employer. Ultimately, it's got to like, be win-win. It's got to be win-win. They all make money. So Dallas Braden was the, one of the last. I think the last guy to pitch a perfect game, or one of the last ones. Ooh. He was on a Dallas Braden. He was on the uh, Athletics. He pitched a perfect game. Uh, um, but in any event, there's this point that was made. He says, "Look, when they're doing this stuff, billionaires' career earning potential, it's going to stay super high throughout their lifetimes." Players' earning potentials are very high for a very finite amount of time. So it's like, you know, whose side do you want to take? The guy who's going to be a billionaire for the rest of his life or some athletes who are going to be able to make millions of dollars for five years, ten years? I mean, ten years well, if you're great. I think the average uh, career in the Major League Baseball is longer than NBA and NFL. Well, because it takes there's so much, there's such a system to catch your fall. Oh, if yeah. you're not, if you're not a player, years in the minors before you get there. But. Yeah, but even though, but the minors players, so I don't know. It just, it's to be a sport that hadn't even started yet by the time all this was going on. I just don't know how they can't get their shit together because it's also a sport that you can reasonably distance. I, you know, call it whatever you want. And it's oh America's pastime. Well, it ain't gonna be America's pastime. It, I think that's that conversation. I think is far behind us. But to me, I wonder what we're gonna look at in sports for collegiate athletics. People trying to get scholarships. 
for people trying to go professionally um, to certain well, leagues that are I, I negatively impacted. Perfect time to rethink whether college athletics should be the minor leagues or the pros. I really think it's perfect time to do that. And if you go back to the, like the second episode or one of these episodes, that's what I talked about where, you know, I, I said on the show, it, it's not going to go back to the way it is. Cause if they want to have collegiate sports and schools, not in session, it is no longer student athlete and you don't have a right. leg to stand on. Right. right. Which it's, that's okay. That's okay. Well, it's well, just I'm a matter of these student athletes, the football player, when, when Joe Burrow, only had to take one online course, lived off campus, and never even saw the L- most of the LSU campus. I had to laugh. Yeah, he came in he as a grad, was a grad transfer. Minor league football. Well, he was a grad transfer. And that's that's the same years. stuff that uh, – you remember the story with Carson Palmer at US – or no, it was Matt Leinart at USC taking ballroom dancing his senior year. Mm-hmm. It was like his only class. I go – the. There's no issue with athletes not taking classes like as they're I don't I don't know. The, if you're in your backslide of your academic career, one there's no issues. Why are we forcing this thing about athletics and scholarship or in academics together? Just make their major athletics. Mm-hmm. And you know How what? You know what? Provide them personal finance courses. Right. Sports you, management, sports, you know. Financial management, the athlete major. But you, but you make it, yeah. I mean, make it something that's useful. If you're a cello player and you want to be the best cello player in the world, well, you're gonna take all these different music classes and become and do these things, and you can make money on the side. You can go play weddings. You can go play concerts. Yeah. So write songs for royalties. I mean, all those things. Yeah, I'm for that, and I think that's going to happen, some some degree or another. But I think there's going to be this generation of, maybe not a generation, but people in this small category of on the front of the bell curve, start trying to start their career. And then there's people who are trying to maintain their peaks in their career. As we already talked about, if you're already at your peak and you're starting to decline, you're going to get paid this year. I mean, that's a – athletes probably make 95% – of their lifetime earnings, if not more, in their profession. Four years. Pops. You know, if you extrapolated your career earnings, the average of your career earnings total, you know, you take the total, it's condensed into a five-year span. If you take one of those years away, could you imagine someone telling you, all right, we're going to just take away 20% of your career earnings of your lifetime. So you you're, you know, someone does that to you, but then they're going to say, oh, well, they're millionaires at this. But I go, look at it at the major league owners and the major league baseball players deserve each other. They're, they're in a sewer together. By the way, Dallas Braden threw that uh, perfect game on the hangover. According to That's the key. So other other thing yesterday, McGuire and Sosa documentary. I only read up I on the highlights. Pretty weak. They got panned by Sports Illustrated. Yeah, I don't really, I don't know. It didn't really stick out to me, but I read up on some stuff. However, the test of time again. This comes down to baseball writers and why baseball writers are so. It's it's so weird how baseball is governed. 
They're, they're geeky. They're academic. Baseball writers never played for a baseball team. No, it's governed by all these academic nerds that, you know, they love the game of baseball, but they're all pure. It's like they haven't they haven't played yeah, on a competitive level. Who's the other guy? He's about five foot two. There's Kirchner and Buster. Yeah, Steve, yeah, and Buster. Yeah, those guys yeah, are a little. They're all right, but there's there's other. So the two things. One, I want to make a point. Dana White, the commissioner of the UFC. Founder of it and everything, he calls out all the writers that he calls them just nerds. He's like, you guys can badmouth us and say how this isn't gonna work. When he got his little Fight Island or whatever it was, where they're gonna test oh, people, everybody's just somewhere. Where, where, yeah, where, and where, he was I'm not sure exactly where it is, but he just goes, you guys are a bunch of nerds. I'm not listening to these guys. And he calls out the good people that are like, that granted the ones that he likes that actually may have wrestled or fought in one way or another so comparing sports writers and ufc to baseball baseball is the worst at that the other mcguire and sosa and let's say the steroid era call it ped era now whatever you could call it that i don't really know many young people that are under the age of 40 that have ever expressed a problem with if peds were still in the game and they were allowed what the problem would be I, I don't see I don't see a whole lot of people saying there's issues hey, with it. So what's I your- gotta tell you, you got a program down in our basement. You've seen it. I had the luxury of going in uh, September of uh, 1999. 1999, I went to the uh, Cubs uh, St. Louis game. It was the ultimate sports trip. A buddy of mine, who you know, PF. Uh, we went to Chicago on a business. We played golf. Then we went to Gibson Steakhouse. Then we went to the uh, um, Cardinals-Cubs uh, game. Sosha, McGuire. It was a year after the home run chase. But it was phenomenal. The place was hopping. And we were at first base right from McGuire, five rows from the front row. And, and they are the friendly confines, and it was it was pretty cool. But it was before we knew everything that went on. But I still think that people ought to get in the hall when you when you have a quote Hall of Fame and you have sports writers sitting on the morality committee. Oh my God! And those guys are the hard drinkers, hard smokers, hard womenizers, a whole bit. But Pete Rose is not in there. The Hit King, Barry Bonds is not in there. The Home Run King, okay. Roger Clemens, arguably the best pitcher in Major League Baseball history. What do you get? Six Cy Youngs. Not in there. I don't care that they didn't do it because they were in an error. Clemens was facing batters that were doing steroids. If he did steroids, does it, it doesn't diminish from what he accomplished. And Barry Bonds had a Hall of Fame career before his body started changing, his head size changed, and his feet started growing. I mean, but, that's the wild part is I looked at today, and he was a seven-time MVP. Yes, and he's not in the Hall of Fame. It's, I mean, he's he's arguably the best. There's no question. He could be the best, best baseball player. He could be the best player ever on the field. Right. So, I don't know. That's My thing is that stance. You should see, though, Babe Bruce on base plus slug, slugging percentage is like 750. And... He was the best pitcher of his generation for a while. He set, he held a major league record uh, for most scoreless innings in a World Series 
for 50 years. Look that one up. He yeah. was a pitcher. I I think that I, I don't know. I'd like to see the Hall of Fame, the selection committee, however the process change because it's just it's like almost, it's, you know, it's just I like give it a rest. But the other I thing is the Hall of Fame, and I wish you, you and I would go sometime. Yeah, I hope it's changed because it was not. It was arcane. It was a lot of artifacts. It was a lot of talking. Very little film footage. Now. I would think you could do a multi-dimensional um, film of all these. If you cut up, you know, even Ted Williams had a lot of film, and it, it, it's kind of ridiculous. But I will tell you this: I read this today, and it's scary. You're gonna, you're gonna. We're starting Jim's two minutes. You're grousing on me, but uh, there was a Major League Baseball um, Sports Illustrated, of course. I think it's sports. And the top nine starting players, there were no DHs of every team in the history of the majors, okay? Except when you got down to, to the top 15, there were three Yankee teams. They said, well, the Yankees were so good, they had Mickey Mantle on a, on a second-place team because Joe DiMaggio beat him out at center field for the first team. Mm. Uh, but you think about that. I mean, there were some, but there's some really piss poor teams. They listed 32nd the San Diego Padres. You hear that, Dave? Oh, that sounds really good when you're talking on the mic. So you should lean over and do that more. Okay then. Um. Oh, here I'll do this. Just move your phone near the microphone. Do re mi. It's so clear. Okay. It sounds so good when you do that. Yeah, but I'd rather sound scratchy like I'm from the 40s. Wow. But anyway, it's an interesting read. You should read it. Um, there were interesting reads the guy had. Yeah. Well, we'll have to give it a look. Sports Illustrated, the best thing for yeah, it. Detroit Tigers look really good. I'm not yeah. sure I quite follow what you mean on it. Where? No, they took the best player at every position. Now, I didn't – Agree with him. And Lance Parrish was catcher, the all-time catcher for Detroit, because they had Mickey Cochran and Bill Freehan. Um, but there were teams that had like the most, I think, eight Hall of Famers. And I mean, they had Hall of Famers that were backup position. But the guy didn't play right field. So the like, Tigers uh, didn't have Bobby Higgins and Tony Clark on there. Pee Wee no, Reese. No. no. <laughs> Who? Pee Wee Reese. He played for the Dodgers. He no. was on the list, though. He played for the Tigers for a little bit. No, no, no. Pokey Reese. Pokey Reese. No one remembers. There was Pokey Reese. Anyway, I remember going to to Tigers games growing up, and when I look back at, like, their lineups, they were so awful. No wonder why we love the Mud Hens. Well, they – The Mud Hens probably could have beat the Tigers. 80s and 90s. Yeah. Yeah, Cabrera third. Well, they were good in the 2000s. I would have played Norm Cash at first. They didn't have Norm Cash at first. But anyways, I'd love to get them back because baseball is a sport. When you have it on and, like, obviously we were talking about we're not going to get a 50-game season, but when you have the full season on and you can come home, throw it on, and, like, literally just while you're making dinner or whatever, you got the games, you hear, you can listen to it, you can sit down and watch, you can take time, and it's like, I don't know, it's great. You can listen to radio in a car. I used to li- love to listen to it on long trips. My grandfather got me going doing that. Um, but you can read the page. And nowadays, 
if you're if you're watching on TV, you read the paper and something happens, you just play it back. No, let's mm-hmm. see this. All right, curveball, fastball, ooh, jacked one. Yeah. yeah. Well, the other thing that baseball's done poorly is their licensing rights or something like that with content. Where <clears throat> in the NBA, if you see a highlight reel dunk or buzzer beater. People can repost it on their Twitter and show the clip, and you get all these views towards an NBA video. And MLB says, oh, no, 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 we can't do that. It only has to come from MLB accounts. There's a, like, to get, they make it very difficult to repost things. They're like their social media team, their communications team, how they work on their brand. It's just pretty, pretty shitty. But all right, well, where's that? So I don't know. I thought it was good stuff. Sports coming back. I I am when I watched golf the other day, I was like, I know golf might not be the most exciting for some, but I was like It was this weekend. I am so excited for sports. It was this weekend. Parenting corner this week. So we are like we're ready to go. I yesterday. Guess. The answer to your question is yesterday. I don't even remember what the question I asked was. When to buy him a wiffle ball. Oh yeah. Well, Dad, I gotta, I gotta set it up. All right. You can't remember, answer. Do you, do you remember? Well, maybe you don't remember. You remember the Flintstones with Bam Bam? I do. Dad, let me get to the question. I, you're going right to the answers. I got the, the listeners haven't seen what I said. Well, you gotta catch up with me. You're too slow. Come on, let's go. Chop, chop. So my thought was, I said today I was looking at little kids' sporting equipment, and because I, I go. Wiffle ball bats, little tykes hoops, little soccer balls and little nets. Because um, on the one hand, I think it's fun to do that. I relate, whether it's boy, girl, but also no one's got to do a certain sport. But I think I really would. I would hope that we have kids that all have good hand-eye coordination. I don't know what it is about hand-eye coordination, but hand-eye coordination bridges the gap and can hide so many non-athletic qualities so i think good hand-eye coordination is key and that's what i want to get promote so when do you start introducing little equipment like that all right let me let me tell you a quick story short story when you were young and i remember you because i got mom and i got mad at mom but i would roll you a little rubber ball or wiffle ball plastic ball and about you were about i don't know 12 feet away from me I was sitting there, and I just roll it to you. You couldn't even walk yet. And you would pick the ball up and throw it back to me, and you'd laugh, 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 and I'd roll it to you. And you'd pick it. But I realized when I'm watching you, you're throwing the ball back to me, sometimes left-handed, sometimes right-handed. And I go, oh, this kid's going to be ambidextrous until mom bought you a baseball mitt to put on your left hand. And then you became a right-handed thrower. I went, hey, what are you doing? I said, just don't give him a mitt. Just let him throw either hand. And uh, and ambidextrous uh, stuff runs on my side of the family. And I believe, do you write left-handed, right? Yeah, I write left-handed, eat left-handed, and do everything else pretty much right. It's- yeah. And Terry's like that. My brother Dave, see, he broke his left arm early on, and he learned to become totally ambidextrous. I mean, he doesn't have a backhand in tennis. He shoots. He can shoot jumpers, left-handed, right-handed basketball, same type from like 30 feet. I mean, it's not 
you know, it's not like, oh, he's got a weak left hand. No, every hand's strong. He's totally ambidextrous. And he can write with both hands. He writes with both hands. That's what's scary. Mm. Yeah, I can't do that. So keep an eye, you young parents out there, keep an eye out for those ambidextrous kids because they're valuable. Because they're like a platypus. I just think, I think I have this unproven, un. There, there's there's no empirical evidence to support that I know of. But I think if you have good hand-eye coordination, like you're gonna less likely to bump into things, get injured. You're I don't, I don't, that. I don't know. I don't know. I, I, I have really good hand-eye. I still to this day, I, I notice I drop something, and I hit the desk, and I reach out with my left hand and just grab it. I'm and I don't you know. know how I get I'm thinking that I'm I'm also like. I don't know if I'm a master, but I, I'm pretty darn good at when something slips and falls off of whatever. Like yesterday I was trying to organize some stuff and a couple of wrenches fell like off of this shelf. And with one hand, I caught both in one swoop in the air. And I was like, no one's around to see it, but good hand-eye coordination. So it's all about. All right, well. Okay. Well, no, I know what you mean. I am very good at when something falls, either I catch it with my hand or I kick my foot out so it doesn't break. Like a glass is falling. I go, eh, okay, there we go. Stop. Well, and there, see, if you do that in front of people, do it for, I guess this goes back to the entertainer part from earlier, being keeping people entertained. But if you were to like catch something like that and someone caught it and then everyone has that reaction, they instantly, maybe it's not they think you're athletic, but everyone goes, ooh, like, there's, I don't How'd know. How do you do that? You got I think, I think it's the easiest little, you know, it gives you a little bit of positive positive view people take from it. So, you know, I, I, I don't know really what tangible good that does, because I think you've learned in this episode, you know, as we kind of get towards our closing thoughts, um, one, is it better to be, have people have a good time, then you win. Less competitive. You're going for really – you don't have to have the top quality or athleticism, but as long as you just have good hand-eye coordination and can impress a few people, is that good? I don't know. Are these good things? Are these bad things? We really don't know. Well, if you're at war and a grenade drops and you're able to catch the grenade, that's a good thing without it going off. Yeah, some, Otherwise, some you have your hands. That's a, oh, while we have it, uh, the story came up this weekend of my, uh, the bar of soap story where <laughs> real Where'd quick. Where did it come up at? Uh, we were talking about growing up and if you ever cussed or this, cause you we, I, think we're talking about, I think we were talking about the podcast at some point with some friends that were hoping to expand our listener audience, which we are up, up over 250 listeners now. Oh my altogether. God. These people need to get a life. So. No, but the thing of it, the thing of it is, when I don't know, it, maybe it was when I was writing the uh, F-U-C-K on the side of the school building or Fire cussing, at, cussing at home, whatever it was when I was little, and then you guys had uh, implemented a punishment that was it was well known. It was might as well have been you know written on the bylaws that were you know <laughs> I don't know just said you cuss you bite soap so. Anyways, I this is my, my my first voyage, maiden voyage into oh, the soap, Kevin should soap, have some soap from last soap week. biting games. Well, and Did so you hear you, Kramer? 
Now I do. But so you had told me, all right, go shower up when you're coming down. You have to bite soap. And so when I, the thing that I did was I was like, well, I don't want to look like a punk, I guess. I mean, maybe that's not what I thought, but I just didn't want to react and like cry and whatever. So I went upstairs, showered, and I started tasting the soap up there. And I was like, well, this isn't too bad. So when I came strawberry down, soap. So then when I came downstairs, you gave me the soap, and I went, all right, this is nothing. And then I don't think – I never tasted soap again after that because you knew it wouldn't work. No, the best thing would have been Tabasco, I heard, because yeah, it's so. healthier than soap. Yeah, so some say. All right, well, we're up. we're up against it. Okay, I'm going to tell you, future guests. I love Tim Schaefer on this. Can't oh, yeah. be on there with Kevin. I'm calling Tim to see if he picks up real quick. Or, yeah. He's the best point guard that wasn't a point guard. Well, Tim? Hey. Hey, Tim, we were just talking about you. Uh-oh. <laughs> Who's there, Tim Allen? Oh, Tim, Tim Schaefer. Schaefer. Your, your godson. Oh, as, my as God. Kevin you you could break away from the women for a little bit? But we were wanting to touch base. Are you? I know we talked about golf this Saturday. Are you able to still make it down? You think, or what's the latest? So, so I would say it looks good. I was gonna follow. I I knew you were probably recording tonight, so I was gonna wait till tomorrow to text you, but just get some details on what. Because I guess my question is, depending on when you guys were playing, I might maybe try and come down like Saturday morning and then basically meet you at the course. yeah, we're going to do like nine – there's four tee times we have from 9 to 9.30 or so. 9.30 okay. to 10, something like that. I'll follow up with you. Robbie, well, hold on. Robbie, hold on. I got, I got, I got a two-part question for Tim. Okay. How, how, was, how was your weekend, and how many margaritas were drunk? Uh, the weekend was fantastic. Um, the Because the, that was the, the graduation um, – I would say the big dietel graduation ceremony. So it was Aaron, Jillian, my cousin Shane, and then Tommy was with us all, you know, celebrated graduating undergrad. Jen, and then Jenna. Jenna celebrated graduating med school. So we okay, had a, a makeshift back, you know, backyard celebration with, uh, you know, my uncle Pat presided. Wait, wait, wait. And my dad Gail got an honorary degree. And, and Gail got an honorary college degree in uh, humanitarianism. So, um, and she's retiring this year. So that was, you know, a, a kind of parallel highlight. And so, yeah, so we did all that, but then partied the, the rest of the day. So there Wait. were several margs. I, I can several, personally, several, know, well, there were finished. several runs to the liquor store. I understand. There was, there was, we, <laughs> mom had two things a mix and we can't, you know, we cashed those out. And so someone ran out and I think got three more and, I don't know that we broke into. We certainly three more half gallons, right? Oh, geez. Um, well, yeah. Are you the fact checker here, or is Uncle Terry? Oh, the I, I got my spies so, over there in Brewster, Ohio. Yeah. Well, we were masculine, but. Well, Tim, we thanks for joining us here to round out the show. I've been trying to trying to end the episode for about 15 minutes. My dad, uh, <laughs> I sent him, I sent him like the the notes for what we were gonna go through as like a framework of the episode. And God you know what? Son, it's wonder every and time you know I hear what? your voice. We went through all of them, and then once I wanted to close out the show, he opened up the Word doc and he started revisiting points we already made. <laughs> I've got it up the whole time. Yeah. So, well, then also his microphone fell off his little chair, and it's, it's, it's <laughs> Kelsey's got her work cut out for her. But but I, we wanted to 
We're wanted to bring to it in. The wizard, the wonderful wizard of Oz. So thanks for helping us close it out, Tim. Uh, absolutely. In, in, Timmy, uh, you should be on next week. We're kicking Kevin off here because he's not committed. Thanks oh, for joining. Wow. The thing of it is we had a good time. 